Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 42. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. And I'm excited for today's show. We're kind of going back to basics, kind of. (laughs) No guests today. It's just me doing a solo show. And I wanted to do this because we have a lot of fun stuff going on over here on the home front, some exciting developments that I wanted to share with you guys. I've been meaning to do a solo show for a while just to kind of give an update of what's been going on with us. There has been quite quite a bit happening over here, but I wanted to wait a little bit because especially with this first topic that I'm going to talk about, I wanted to wait and see how things kind of shook out. Uh, and what it is that I'm going to talk about first is potty training. So if you've been listening to the show for a while, this has come up a few times. Back when I had like first started the show, I talked about how one of my biggest goals for Logan this year was going to be potty training. Well, I shouldn't say back when I first started the show, but I know for kind of my end of 2019 episode, I talked about how that was one of my biggest goals for Logan was to get him potty trained. And I'm happy to say that Logan is potty trained. (laughs) Um, This actually happened a few months back when he did, when he was on spring break from school, we sent him for the whole week. He went nine to five Monday through Friday to his ABA therapy center and they did what they call their intensive potty training program. And it it's basically for, you know, eight hours a day, that five days in that week, that is the main focus. The the center itself is, it almost is set up like a preschool. Like there's different classrooms with different activities and things for the kids to do. He had like his own kind of little setup with toys from home that we had and just different preferred activities and snacks and all that good stuff. And then he also got to, as as the week went on and he was showing such great signs of progress, he was able to kind of incorporate other activities, but the main focus really is potty training. So to back up a little bit, our potty training journey, I will say, actually started a while ago. It started like probably two years ago. And this is when Logan had turned four. He had just turned four. It was actually right around the time that he had gotten diagnosed. And he was starting to show some signs of interest in using the potty. And up until that point, he really had not showed any signs of interest. So I was super excited and naively thought that this would not be a big thing. I was like, well, he's ready. He seems like he's ready now. He's four years old. So for his winter break that year, he was on winter break from school. I, you know, went out, bought him some new underwear and a potty seat. And I bought like Skittles or some kind of candy to reward him. And I just was like, okay, this is going to be a piece of cake. I tend to go into things 
like a little bit too optimistically sometimes. Um, and unfortunately that was definitely the case with that first go. It was, it was just me trying to do this on my own. Logan had not started therapy yet. We had, you know, my, my daughter Liliana was very young, so I was pulled in many directions and it ended up being like basically a complete failure (laughs) within, within a few hours. Like we started that morning, I think by like noon, I was ready to throw in the towel. He had so many accidents and was just, he had no problem using the potty. Like if he needed to go and he was on the potty, no problem, he would go. But actually getting him to have that bodily awareness to know like, oh, I need to use the potty. That piece was not there. So cut to about a year and some change later, Logan was in ABA. We had, we'd started, we had put him in pull-ups and we were taking him periodically throughout the day, not necessarily on like a schedule. They were taking him at school and then during that spring break, so he was like five at this point, we decided to, with his therapy team, to try like an intensive potty training program at our house. So it was similar to what they would do at the center. It was, you know, longer, kind of more intensive hours. His his whole team was here more often than they normally are. And not necessarily like running programs the way they usually would, but again, just really focused on that potty training piece. And we did make some progress that week. But and what we learned is that Logan can hold his need to go (laughs) for a very long time, which is it's good to know. But it was also not necessarily what we wanted to see, because what we were looking for was him to know, like, okay, I need to go it's okay for me to like release and and sit on the potty. So what was happening that week was that he was just holding it for a really long time. And he did have a few successes, but he also had several accidents after just holding it for way too long and then basically just exploding and having to go. So again, not, not exactly as big a failure the first time, but not exactly a win. And after, after these two experiences, I'm not going to lie. I felt very defeated. I felt very sad that Logan was still in diapers. And I felt like for him, I just wanted him to have that independence that I just, I felt like potty training was like that first piece of him gaining independence and some self-care. It's just such a big deal. And I was, I, like I said, I felt really defeated and I felt nervous and scared that maybe he, he wasn't going to get there. He wasn't ready. So this past spring break, you know, Logan is six now. He turned six in December. Uh, his, his BCBA had said to me, I really think that we should try this intensive potty training program at the center that, like they said, the, the ABA center. And when we had done it the year before at home, one of his other team members who works in home with us, but also was working at the center. She had told me, she was like, I wish we could get him at the center. Cause she's like, they just, their potty training program is just on point. She's like, every kid that comes in there gets potty trained and it's just a beautiful thing. So when his BCBA first brought it up to me, I was very much open to it. I was definitely skeptical though, because we, we had, you know, been trying for so long and I do think he was in a better spot at this point to to try potty training because again he'd been wearing pull-ups longer. We've been 
taking him to the potty in school, at home, in therapy. He was he was having more successes. But still, I mean, obviously he was not he was not there yet. He was not there by a long shot. So when this came up to to try at the center, I was optimistic, but I was still nervous and I I had to go into it telling myself like, okay, this might not happen because the other two times I had gone into it thinking okay, like we got it. Like the first time it was just like blind faith. The second time I was like, okay, we've got a team now. I've got help. It's not just me. They know what they're doing. Like we're going to get there. And I think the important thing to remember is that it, it really, it just took Logan being ready, being able to make those connections. And I do think like the team and support is so important, but basically once, once we actually started the program at the center and it was not exactly the easiest to to figure out his center is about 45 minutes away from our house that's just like the closest one which is why most of his therapy is done in home well one of the reasons why most of his therapy is done in home it's just a lot more convenient obviously especially since I have you know my two little girls so it was a lot of driving that week I felt really bad because my daughters were in the car a lot. We had to drop him off at nine and then go pick him up at five. So we were like in rush hour. It was taking longer. And like I said, I was, I was definitely optimistic, but I was not putting all my eggs in that basket. I knew this may not work. We may have more work to do and that's okay. I was just trying to be realistic about the whole thing. But basically within like the first couple days, we just we realized that Logan was, was getting it. He was doing so well. I think that first day he had like maybe three accidents. Um, and then the second day he maybe had one and like, that was pretty much it. He had a couple more kind of periodically throughout the week. And I got a lot of questions about his, this potty training. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw or Facebook. I, I was sharing, you know, kind of leading up to it. And then afterward, like sort of what was going on. And a lot of people were messaging me and asking me to to share about the potty training. And I, I really wanted to, but I also, like I said before, I wanted to wait and see where it really got us. I didn't want to like speak too soon and be like, it worked. And then be like, oh, we're back to square one. So to explain kind of what they, what they do, this intensive potty training program, Basically, they they had Logan on a timer, and I think initially they started it at like 35 minutes. So they had him on a timer, and they would just take him every 35 minutes. And if he went, he would get reinforced. He got he of course I packed candy for him, so he got got a treat. And if he had an accident, they would shorten the time by five minutes. So I think, like I said, he had. I think like three accidents that day. And then once, once he would have enough successes, then they would go ahead and increase the time again by five minutes. So I think he ended that day still around the 35 minutes. Another piece of this is they did what was called overcorrection. So basically if he would have an accident, they would have him help clean up the accident and they would, you know, kind of be reinforcing, not like, you know, in a harmful way, but just kind of just tell him like, we only go on the potty. We don't, you know, pee in our underwear, like just kind of reinforcing as he was cleaning up. And what they would do is as he was cleaning up and they would, they would do this reinforcing, you know, they would be telling him like, 
PP in the potty. So then he would kind of be like making those those connections into, okay, next time I have to go, I have to go potty. And it sounds really simple, but honestly, like just focusing on that that piece of it, just really focused on the potty training, I think was really what it took for him. I think he was ready. And I think that especially because he was not at our house, he was like in a new environment that he was somewhat comfortable in. He's, he's been to the, the center a few times. He was comfortable enough, but it was still, it was new enough to kind of get him outside of his comfort zone. Cause I think he was so used to being home and you know, wearing diapers or pull-ups that it was going to be hard for him to get to that place here. If we had done, you know, the the same protocol here, I don't know if we would have had the same success. So if this is a possibility for you, if, if you are in ABA or looking into ABA, if they do this kind of potty training, I've talked to a few other people who have done this with their kids. So I would totally recommend it. Honestly, like, the fact that Logan is now potty trained is like still mind blowing to me. <laughs> it's been, it's been a few months now, but I remember like that, that first week. So like I said, he, we would, you know, take him nine to five, he'd come home and it was, it was very odd to have him in underwear when you've had a kid in, you know, diapers or pull-ups for six years and then to put him in underwear, it feels like you're like really taking a risk, but he did so amazing. And we would put him in a pull-up. He still wears one to bed. I honestly don't care if he wears one to bed for the rest of his life. I really don't care. I was just like, let's, you know, one thing at a time. Um, but we really, we wouldn't put it on him until right before bed. That was like the only time that we would put it on him. And other than that, he was in underwear. So like that, that first day back to school on that Monday, sending him to school in underwear, like putting him on the bus, it was, it it felt really scary. Like I was like, is this really happening? And then I, I will never forget that, that first day back to school, I, you know, I sent him to school in underwear. I obviously sent extra clothes. I sent a little bit more extra clothes than I normally would. And when the bus came to drop him off and I saw him get off the bus and he was wearing his same pants that I had put him in that morning, I was just like elated. I was through the roof so happy because I was just like, oh my gosh, like he went this whole day with no accidents. And again, it was it was scary because at the center, it's one thing. At home, it's one thing. At school is another thing. So... It it really has just been incredible. It's been such an amazing thing for our family, but just for him, for him to know that he, he like I said, he has that independence. He has that like basic level of self-care. I, I mean, I'm proud of Logan every day, but I'm just like, I'm so proud of him that he overcame this hurdle. And it's pretty amazing because not too long before that, this past winter, we potty trained my middle daughter, Liliana. So I only have one kid in diapers at this point, which is amazing. I haven't had that since Logan was a baby. So I am pretty thrilled. But basically, I I just, I have to say this for anyone who, you know, is waiting to potty train their child or in the process of potty training their child and feeling like it's never going to happen. Let us be a testament and having hope and faith because honestly, I wasn't sure if Logan would ever be potty trained. And and I mean, looking at, looking back now, like I, 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 I think I always knew like somewhere 
that he would be potty trained, but there was definitely a part of me that worried about that. And that was something that, like I said, I just, I just wanted that for him. I wanted him to, to have that, that skill, that like basic life skill and, and self-care because I just think that's, that's so important. And, and seeing him when he was having successes, he was so happy. He was smiling so big. Like we were so proud of him and he knew that and he was so proud of himself and it was just amazing. One little hiccup that we are still dealing with, although it's getting better, is we've been, we've mastered P, <laughs> but we're definitely still having some issues with number two, which is to be expected. It's definitely harder for kids. Just recently, like in the last couple of weeks, he has even started making a turnaround with that. We've been seeing way more successes and I think it's taken longer, obviously, for that to click, but he's definitely getting there, which is super, super exciting. So again, I'm just, I'm so proud of him. And I, I'm, I was really excited to, to share this journey with everyone because I know so many of you were interested in hearing about it. Uh, like I said, I got so many messages about it and I wanted to talk about it, but I really did want to wait. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be saying one thing and then have something else happen. But yes, Logan is potty trained. We are so proud of him. It's, it's honestly, it's like the best thing ever to, to have him in his undies all day long. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. So switching gears, the next thing I wanted to talk about was this school year has come to a close. Logan is on summer break, which more to come on that. <laughs> um, but basically I wanted to chat about the end of the year and kind of our IEP process and preparing for next year. So to start, I had been really hopeful that this year was going to be a good year in terms of Logan's IEP meeting and his annual review and just going over all of his progress and stuff. I have mentioned it before, but this is the first year that Logan was meeting all of the benchmarks for his IEP goals. That is huge, <laughs> which to be honest, like at the start of this year, I, I wasn't sure how things were going to go. Obviously with him starting kindergarten at a whole new school with new teacher and just the whole new team, new environment, I was nervous. And then I had gone to visit, I did an observation at his school earlier this year. I think it was in like October. So it was pretty early in the year and I could see that. Logan was happy at school. He loves school. And I could see that they were very adaptive with him. And I thought everyone worked with him really well. But the everything just seemed kind of disorganized. And looking back now, I think it was still, you know, the early part of school, everyone was still getting used to each other, like still learning, you know, their routines and kind of what makes them tick and whatnot. And at the time I was thinking like, oh boy, like, I'm not sure if this, how this is going to go. But then, like I said, Logan was meeting his, his goals at that first, uh, parent teacher conference I had, which I think was in November. He, and I got his progress report. He was, he made his goal for his benchmarks for his IEP goals. And I was just like, okay, obviously something is, is right. And as the year went on and I, was able to have more relationship with his teacher and just kind of see how things were evolving. I I actually felt really good about 
Logan's placement. I felt like everyone there really had our backs and really cared about him. And it, it took a while to get to that point of communication where I, I felt comfortable and I could, you know, kind of reach out to his teacher for anything and share anything. And same with me that she could share with me as well. And I can't stress enough how important I think that is, is just to have like those open lines of communication with the teacher. And I think sometimes it's hard. I don't know for every teacher how open they are with their students, but I mean, for me, I had been really open with Logan's teachers in preschool and I had had such a wonderful experience with them that I, I was hard to kind of start over then <laughs> with his kindergarten teacher. But like I said, as the year went on, I was feeling more and more confident about his placement and just the team in general. His his speech therapist is amazing. And right from the jump with her, she was very forthcoming and asking for my input. So going into all this, I was, I felt really good about it. And then especially after the, the couple episodes that I had done where we talked about IEPs when I had on uh, Stephanie, Mrs. D, we talked about her kind of tips for going into an IEP meeting. And then when I had on Catherine, the school psychologist, we talked a lot about that as well and just kind of tips for going into IEP meetings. And I listened and I used all those tips. So one of the things that I did going in was before we even drafted Logan's IEP, I had spoken with his teacher and his speech therapist about goals for him and what I was hoping to include for next year and and things that I wanted to work on for him. So the main thing for me was that I felt like Logan was ready for a device, like a communication device. This past year, he has really excelled with PECS, his picture exchange communication. And he's he's been using PECS in, in some way for a couple years now, like since he started ABA. And before that, even they would kind of use him at school, but it wasn't super consistent. But this was the first year that he was like sending his book, his his PEX book back and forth to school and we were using it at home and in therapy and it was just like everything was really making sense and he was using it as his primary way to communicate. He wasn't just using, you know, gestures or showing us something. He was showing us with his PEX, like what, what he wanted or what he needed or what he wanted to do, things like that. So I just, I felt like it was getting to that point where, first of all, PEX is great, but it's not, you don't have everything available all the time. I've talked about it before, but there's times when Logan like gets creative and, you know, if, if he wants like something that isn't a red box, he'll give me the, the red icon. It's just like a little red circle. And it's great because he knows to get creative and like give us that when he, he started eating ham around Easter time, which he hasn't been eating it lately, but there was one day where he gave me the little icon for, for pink. It was just a pink circle because we didn't have one for ham. (laughs) So I could see that we were kind of starting to outgrow packs. Not only that, but he has been just increasingly verbal over the past few months and really seems like he's like getting somewhere with his speech. And we're so proud of him obviously with that, but it just seems like it was kind of time that the next step would be the device. I was nervous though, because I didn't know how on board, you know, the, the school would be with that. They're the ones who provide it. So obviously it's a cost to them. And, you know, sometimes 
the district doesn't want to spend money where they don't have to. So that was one of the things that I had talked to his teacher about initially. And it was actually great because she ended up sending home like this little kind of questionnaire for me to fill out. And it was kind of like where I see Logan's, you know, strengths and where I see his challenges and what I, I want him to work on for next year. So that was when I initially had brought up the device to her. And then not long after that, I spoke on the phone to his speech therapist and she, not even knowing that I had sent that that questionnaire back had called me because she wanted to talk about the possibility of having a device for Logan for next year, but she didn't want to just like bring it up in front of everybody at the IEP. She wanted me to like be on the same page as her. So I was thrilled when I heard that because like I said, I was kind of nervous. I didn't know where they would lie in terms of, you know, him being ready for the device or not. So that is super exciting. So since then, we obviously we've had the IEP and then we also have had what they call a a set meeting. And I wish I could remember what that stands for, but of course I can't. But basically it was just to talk about what we felt was appropriate for him in terms of like the programming that we'll use. So he will have an iPad, but there's so many different like communication apps basically that you can use. And I was interested in one called LAMP that I've, I've heard really good things about. And I had spoken to his BCBA about, and she has a kiddo that uses LAMP and she thought it would also be a good program for Logan. But his speech therapist had mentioned one called touch chat. And at first I wasn't sure, but I actually ended up talking with another wonderful mom, Melinda, who was my guest a couple weeks ago on the podcast, who her daughter Paige has a device and she has been using touch chat on her device for several years now. And she was telling me how touch chat has been great for them. And they've been able to kind of update it as, as Paige, you know, continues to, to grow and excel. So that got me really excited and I did more research on it. So come fall, starting in September, we will be doing a trial basically. So the way that it works is he will, he'll get the device and then they will take six to eight weeks of doing this trial, basically just kind of collecting data and seeing how Logan is doing with that particular program. And if, if it's going to work for him, then we'll just stick with the, the touch chat. But if we feel like, you know, there's room for improvement, then we can either improve within that program or we can try a different one. And his speech therapist was telling me sometimes they have trials that last, like, I think she said she had one that was two years long. <laughs> so obviously I don't want it to take two years, but it's nice to know that they really continue until they get it right for the kiddo. So we are so excited for Logan to to get his touch chat or to get his device and, and start touch chat. That was the one moment at his IEP meeting that got... I don't want to say like Harry, but I was really pushing for him to get the device starting for summer break because summer is long and I felt like if he had the device sooner, we can get him communicating sooner. But their biggest reasoning why they wanted to wait until fall was because, you know, this is, it's going to be an iPad and there are times when they have given families the device too soon before everyone's been like properly trained on it. And then sometimes what ends up happening is it can almost become like a toy and they're not necessarily using it the way they're supposed to. And then come fall, they're having to like undo some of that damage. At first I felt like that was a little dramatic, (laughs) 
<laughs> but then once we had the set meeting and I actually was able to like see touch chat and kind of understand where they want Logan to be with it and all the different there's there's a lot there's a lot of moving parts I think that he's gonna do great with it but I I could see where I also need the training and I I understood what they meant because this was we had his IEP meeting just like a few weeks before school ended and then by the time we did the set meeting it would have been like really tight for us to even get like preliminary kind of training on the device so the nice thing is because we already did the set meeting we have everything in place we had like a whole kind of protocol drafted up for that come fall he's able to just right away get started using the device which I'm so excited about I I love his packs I'm so glad that he's been able to use it but what I'm so excited about for his device is not only are we able to really personalize it to him I can literally just like take a picture of something and upload it immediately onto the device so he'll, he'll have that you know at his fingertips but I'm just so excited for for it to like open up new language for him because most of what he uses his pecs for now is like requesting and you know if he wants like a snack or a drink of water or whatever it is if he has to go to the bathroom he can use his pecs to show us that which is so exciting but I think having the device and he's going to be able to to really express himself in a way like have more expressive language that up until now I don't think he's had and after I had spoken to his his speech therapist initially when she called me and said that they were on board and on the same page with the device I of course immediately called Manny and I told him like they want to get the device we're going to get it going for next year and I started crying because I was just so happy. I was like, you know, this is going to open up so much new language for him. Like he's going to be able to, to tell us, you know, what, what he's thinking more. And that's something that I, I continue to just always wonder. And I, I wish that I knew sometimes what he was thinking and not, not that he's going to, you know, get this device and it's going to be like, he's going to (laughs) be telling us like his innermost thoughts immediately. But I, I love that at least he's going to have a tool to kind of open up that communication. And I, I just can't, I can't wait to see where, where that takes him. And again, I'm just so excited to get the device for next year. So definitely we'll keep you guys updated when that, when that ends up happening and, We'll see, we'll see what happens this fall and how that all shakes out. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT. And I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. 
all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audio book. So then the other kind of big piece that I wanted to talk about at his IEP meeting in preparation for next year is that I wanted Logan to have more inclusion time, meaning the class that he's in now is what they call self-contained. So actually all the boys in his class have autism. They're all boys and they all have autism. They're all like, you know, in different areas in the spectrum, of course, but because he is with, you know, his peers who are at at a similar, they're all learning at a similar rate. They're all learning mostly similar things. I I think it is so important for him to have that inclusion time with his typical peers because they learn so much at a young age from, you know, seeing that kind of behavior and those skills just kind of modified for them or I'm sorry, modeled for them by their peers. So this past year, they they did inclusion time with Logan always in music class. He went to music class with his typical peers and the, the his typical kindergarten peers and they all went together it was i think him and one other boy from his uh self-contained class that went went to music and he did great he did wonderfully i was able to talk with the the music teacher and she said that logan loved it and he was really great he participated he actually was able to stay for the whole class sometimes they you know they just will bring him for a time but logan really liked it and he was able to stay for the entire class, which is so awesome. And then they also would just kind of incorporate at different times. So like if they were like out on the playground, they would be with his typical peers or there would just be times when they would do kind of more free time. And the kindergarten class is actually right across the hall. So it's very easy access for them to all join up together. And when I had gone to his school in April for autism awareness, I went and I actually read a book to the kindergarten class. I think I had talked about this before in the podcast, but I can't remember. And I, Logan's class came and it was, it was the, the kindergartners from across the hall. And I read, um, past guest, Rachel Cuellar. I read, why is he doing that? And it was such a wonderful experience. The kids were so sweet. They, they loved Logan. As soon as I walked in the classroom with him, I was like right behind him and there was all these, these little kids like started whispering. They were like, Hey, Logan's here. Logan's here. Like they were so excited to see him. And they honestly like ran up to give him a hug right away. And this one little boy said to me like, Oh, he's like, he's like, I'm Logan's friend. I I helped take care of him. It was just like, my heart was bursting. They were so sweet. So especially seeing how, how well the, the, the kindergartners did, did with him. I was like, okay, we, we've got to like make this happen. Just, I think that that social piece is so important and he doesn't get a ton of that in his classroom because social skills are something that everyone kind of challenges is a challenge for everyone in his class. So I think, you know, having that inclusion time with his typical peers is so important. So again, that was something that I really wanted to push for going into next year. And I wasn't sure how that was going to go. But thankfully, everyone was on the same page once again. And I think we we got lucky for sure that all these things kind of fell into place. But I do think having that communication is so important because we were able to express these things going into the meeting. So then it was like there was no surprises going into the meeting. So we decided that next year he will continue to do music. He is also going to start doing PE. This past year he's done adaptive PE with his t- with his self-contained class, but next year he's going to be with his typical peers in PE. Logan doesn't have any kind of 
gross motor delays. He has a bit of a fine motor delay and obviously speech delay, but his gross motor skills have never really been an issue. That being said, he definitely needs to work on like, you know, when you're playing like a game and following the rules and turn taking. And so I, I think that PE would be really good for him. I can see where it would be a bit of a challenge, but a good challenge, one that I think that he will rise to. So yeah, so he'll do music PE. And then he's also going to start having lunch with his typical peers. He's been eating in his self-contained classroom. The kids eat together with their teachers. So he'll be like in the big cafeteria. He does really well with like, he has no problem with like crowds or loud noises and sounds and lots of people. So I think he'll do really well. He'll, he'll have an aide kind of, you know, in the area to help kind of facilitate and just make sure he's sitting and like kind of staying on task. Cause he definitely, I'm sure will be excited and want to be running all around the cafeteria, but yeah, very exciting things coming up for next year. And I, I feel like he's made such growth this year that I'm honestly, I'm so excited to see next year goes and I also am just really excited because now I feel like we have kind of laid that groundwork in terms of with his teacher and just his whole therapy team at school I think we're all really on the same page and everything is moving smoothly another thing that I did to prep for the IEP meeting that I think really helped and this was I think Catherine's suggestion was to ask for a a draft of the actual IEP the whole thing Um, and so I got that like just a few days before the meeting and I was able to literally word for word, look over the whole thing. And so if there were any issues, I could bring those up. Thankfully, because we had been so open with communication, I wasn't surprised by anything. And we were able to really just all be on the same page. And then for the actual meeting, I think it did help things go more smoothly because I'd already read through the whole draft. So we were able to just kind of move through and, focus on everything that we needed to. And that was really it. So yeah, if I have any little piece of advice for you guys, obviously IEP season is kind of over, but (laughs) you know, next year, I think again, just like having that open line of communication, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable, you know, stressing what is important to you. I, cause I feel like at the end of the day, you know, your child best and obviously, you know, their teacher, their therapist at school their input is so important, but if you feel like there's something that your kid is not getting or that you want them to have more of or less of, like depending on, you know, the situation, I just think that you as the parent are the expert and you have to, you know, figure out a way to facilitate that, whatever that may be. But having that communication, I I think really helps just with the whole process. I know for us, it definitely did. And I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to I'll be on the same page. Okay, so then the last thing I wanted to talk about today, obviously, like I was saying, IEP season is kind of over. <laughs> the school year has ended for us. It ended just a couple weeks ago. And I've mentioned this before, but summertime tends to make me very nervous. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I mean, I do know why, but I, I think that in general, I... I just start to get nervous about summer, like even at the start of the school year, like I just can like feel it coming already. And what I, what I get nervous about is because Logan does so well during the school year, having that structure and routine. And I think, and he just enjoys school so much. He's so happy to go to school. 
And just knowing that, you know, he's going to lose that in the summertime, it makes me nervous. But I, I also like, I see the way it affects him and I, summertime things kind of start to break down (laughs) around here. So this summer I was determined to not let that happen. So I started doing research to kind of figure out what we could do to ensure that we would have a good summer and do whatever we can to prevent any kind of regression over the summer and hopefully help, you know, just continue facilitating that progress. Cause this past year, Logan has made like so much progress. And I, I just kept thinking about, oh my gosh, like that's going to come, you know, summer's going to come and it's, it's either going to stall or it's going to regress. And I mean, who knows, but it's just like, these are things that I've seen happen in the past. So I just wanted to do whatever we could to not let that happen. So I will say Logan has gone to summer school. We do extended school year for the past, I think two years. And it's great. He does awesome with extended school year with ESY, but it's only like a month long and it's right in the middle of the summer. So we always have like that month before and then that last month of summer where things are kind of just off the rails. And he, he did have ABA last summer. So he continued with therapy and, and that definitely helped because it it was giving him at least some structure throughout the day. But, you know, that's, we would do therapy for three hours a day. So it was, you know, not, not quite the same as having, having school and therapy and just having that, like I said, just that, that structure daily, knowing kind of like what's on your plate. Logan definitely, he doesn't, he's not unhappy necessarily when he, when he doesn't have that, but he, idle time is just like not good for him. He definitely like starts looking for trouble, which he can find very easily. And he just is like a little more unsettled. He doesn't always know what to do with himself. He doesn't really play the way that like a typical kid would play. Like there's times where he plays with toys, but it's more just like certain objects he kind of gets attached to and he'll, he'll want to like kind of stim with those and just like kind of bop around the house, like holding these certain objects, which I'm happy if he's happy. I don't mind him doing it at all, but he, he definitely like gets a little bit bored because he doesn't necessarily know what to do with like all this time on his hands. Um, so I, like I said, I just wanted to do it whatever we could to try to give him some of that structure and still have fun. So I started looking into different like summer camps and as special needs parents know, nothing is ever easy. (laughs) So obviously I, you know, I wasn't just going to like throw him into like any camp at like the YMCA. I wanted to make sure it was appropriate for him that there was going to be, you know, the appropriate people taking care of him and watching him. And it was, it was nerve wracking. And also there's just not that many of those kind of programs. So he had done a camp a few years back through, um, kind of like a, a special needs organization around here. And we actually had a great experience with that camp, but there, the session ran the exact same time as ESY. So he only did it that one year before he started summer school. And then, like I said, the past couple of years, he's at summer school. So we, we didn't, we didn't do the camp. So I had reached out to them to see if they would let him do like a half session. Cause they did have an earlier, earlier few weeks that ran before summer school would have started. 
So while I was kind of waiting to hear back from them, I looked into a couple other camps and I had found one that seemed like it would be a good option. It was through like a local church. Um, and I had heard kind of from a friend of a friend that they, they did work with special needs. So at first it's, it sounded, I wasn't sure. Cause I'm like, well, it's not really a special needs camp though. So I don't know like how equipped they are, but then Logan's BCBA had told me that she actually has a client that, that goes to that camp and they had a really great experience with it. So I looked into that and I was super excited. I had spoken to somebody there and they were like, oh yeah, we'll give him like a one-to-one, like a buddy basically. So it'd be like a counselor that was just for him. And, you know, I explained to him like he's newly potty trained, so he's not necessarily, like he definitely needs help in that area. And they were very open to that. So I was super excited. But then I ended up hearing back from like the main kind of coordinator guy. And he was like, well, he's like, we, we can do that. But when we have kiddos that need one-on-one attention we can only take one of them per week basically and the only weeks that they had available then were during logan's esy which he'd already been signed up for so i was like okay back to square one so thankfully logan's bcba had made a suggestion to me about a camp that she used to work at which again it's like a local special needs recreation association around here that she was like, I think it would be a great camp for him. We should look into it. So I started looking into it and doing some research and made some calls and the camp did sound awesome. They have like a a preschool room and it is set up really similar to school. They have, you know, their circle time, they have activity time. They take the kids swimming on Tuesday and Thursday, which Logan is a fish. He loves a pool and just kind of having something fun to do on, on Wednesdays. They have a, a, field trip they do so I was I was so excited about it It sounded awesome it was very expensive (laughs) so that was the thing is that the the other camp that was like they took special needs kids but it wasn't necessarily special needs camp it was so much more affordable so I was really hoping that that would work out um because yeah everything was special needs everything costs so much money um but I do want to give a special shout out to my sister my mom and my dad who all pitched in to help Logan to help kind of fundraise for Logan to go to camp so we ended up getting him into into the special needs camp and he just started last week so he's been going for a couple weeks now and it's awesome he has like a one-on-one counselor and he he loves her just today we walked in and it was like he saw her and like his face lit up and he ran over to give her a hug it was so sweet and again they yeah they take him swimming on you know a couple days a week it's at like a local park and the the it's a it's a whole like area so they have like the building with the preschool then they have the park right nearby the the pool is like literally in the same parking lot it's just like the setup is perfect and it's awesome for him so that is our plan for summer so he's he does camp it kind of takes place the same time as school and then he comes home he does again his aba therapy his day runs very similarly to how it did during the school year and then starting next month, he will have ESY. So we still have a couple weeks in August that are kind of open at this point. He will, he'll still have um, ABA therapy and we're hoping to take a vacation at some point in that time. So it's not completely figured out yet. So we'll have, you know, a couple weeks to kind of play with and maybe have some fun. The nice thing about his camp too is that he is off on Fridays. So it's just Monday through Thursday. So like last week we went to the zoo to kind of kick off his first week of summer on that Friday. So it's nice. Cause at least we have like some time 
to kind of have fun. That's definitely something that I struggle with and I have some mom guilt is that as much as I want him to have that structure and routine, I also want him to like be a kid and have fun. And between school and therapy, we are busy and there's not always time for that. And I, like I said, I definitely feel the guilt, but the nice thing is like with this camp, it, it actually is super fun. He said they went bowling last week. <laughs> like I said, they do a field trip once a week. So yeah, on Wednesdays they do a field trip. They went bowling. He loves to bowl. Like they've just, they've had so much fun. So it's, it's nice to know that he's kind of getting the best of both worlds at this point. He's, he has somewhere to go. He has the routine. He's working on the, those skills. He's not losing anything, but he's still able to, to have fun and be a kid and have, have a fun summer. And then, like I said, we're trying to incorporate some fun in when we can, whenever we can. So that is really it for today. Sorry if I rambled a lot, (laughs) but I definitely wanted to update you guys. I get a lot of questions from people about anytime I post any of this stuff on like Instagram or Facebook, I'll, I'll get questions about it. So a lot of people are asking about like Logan's camp and just kind of our plans for summer and what I had done to make sure that we had a good summer. (laughs) Um, and then again, also with like the potty training and the IEP, I did think of one more thing I wanted to say about the potty training. He, so we do have him still on like a a timer. So we set the timer. Now it's for an hour. Although I will say just like in the past like week or so, he has started just taking himself to the bathroom. So it's been like a real adjustment over time. Like it's just like, he's, it's, it's, it's all happening very naturally. And it's, it's, taken time to get to this point but now like we are at the point where he really is just like potty trained like he's just like going to the bathroom when he needs to go it's unbelievable so again that's everything I wanted to talk about today thank you so much for listening you guys are just like the best <laughs> every week I'm like blown away by all the people I'm hearing from who are listening to the show and I'm I'm so thankful that anyone is listening, but that you guys are enjoying it and that you're taking something away from it. Uh, Especially like people who, you know, are just getting started on this journey. I know how overwhelming it can be. And I hear from you guys all the time. And I just, I I'm so glad that it's the podcast has been helpful and that it's, it's resonating or people that have been on this journey for a while. Like we're all in this together. So I hope you enjoyed listening to me kind of ramble today. But again, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Again, if you've been following me on either one of those, you have probably seen me talking about these topics a little bit. So that's why I wanted to do kind of more in-depth today to kind of give a little more details. Um, but you can also email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love to hear from you guys. So if you just want to say hi, if you want to tell me that you are enjoying the podcast, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you would leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, that really does help people to find the show. And then, you know, also subscribe and rate it, share it, tell a friend, just, you know, spread the love. Um, But yeah, say hi. If you are interested in being on the show, let me know. I would love to have you. But that is all for today. So until next time, take care.